I'm uh, broadcasting from a satellite location today. So, Carl, give me the uh, virtual thumbs up when you're ready. All right. All right. Is it the 126th episode or 125th? I don't know. Let's call it the 125th. Yeah, I'm I'm broadcasting from a secret bunker here in uh, North Greenbush, New York, and uh, it actually kind of looks very Cold War-esque today because the snow is kind of melted, but it's all like frozen tundra sort of stuff. So uh, <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> yeah. There you go. I'm going down in your man cave for the winter. That's good. Yeah, I actually um, I'm going on a little mini vacay tomorrow, so I'm home kind of. Getting stuff ready to go. Well, plus we moved, right? Did everybody everybody heard this? We, the dojo moved. So uh, we're also kind of in the middle of the move. So uh, it didn't really work. I actually have to go to the old place later this afternoon um, to uh, teach some lessons and stuff. And it just didn't make sense for me to go in today. Same phone number. Oh, yeah, don't you worry about that, Jim. It's all hooked up. I mean, one of the I mean, one of the things that uh, is cool about what we do is uh, all of the phone calls actually happen <clears throat> happen on the internet and not on a physical phone number. So the phone number that you call, or, or if it doesn't happen on the internet, it gets forwarded via an internet device to a landline, which is what happens a lot of the time. So. Um, yeah, the phone number is the same. We could be literally anywhere in the world at any time. It's pretty cool. Did this new place have a cool storefront? So you could have cool backpacking gear and stuff. Yeah, we actually don't have that at the new place. Um, we had very, we have very limited foot tra traffic here in Albany, New York. So uh, we still do have uh, a lot of the essentials, so local people can contact us. Or if you're coming through the area, you can just let us know, and uh, you know we'll be able to help you out. But uh, is there a nice waiting room where you can put a fern and a couple of magazines? Yeah, we kind of we we don't have a waiting room per se, but there's definitely a fern there, and <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, like there's some plant life. It's pretty cool. It's it's more like just an office building um, than uh, you know because we have our we have our storage um, at a couple of different sites and stuff like that and. Um, we move around so much we didn't need a big space. So we moved to a smaller place, saving lots of money so we can serve you better. What do you think about that? Exactly. So, uh, so good. So today on the docket here, we're going to talk a little bit about um, just kind of playing in pipe bands and innovative ways that we can actually improve what's going on and Maybe we can even share some different ideas about uh, what's going on there. Because the winter, winter time, that's like building time, right? That's when everyone gets ready and sort of gears up and prepares for their first outing, which is probably just for a lot of people in a couple of months, two months, three, maybe. <clears throat> yeah, when's the first outing for everybody? Our first outing is in mid-April, is our sort of first... Uh, Appearance. Yeah, so that's a, you know, doesn't give you a lot of time to prepare, but it's definitely a period of sort of downtime, working. Yeah. Owning. I think that um, I think this is the golden moment, right? I think a lot of people miss this opportunity when it comes to pipe bands. Now, here's why it's the golden moment is for many of us, and I'm sort of speaking to the generic calendar. I know some of us are from like Florida and stuff. And so we have weird schedules. But generally speaking, right, the season ends sometime in September. And then uh, in October and November, it's like, oh, man, I need some time off. And then in December, it's holiday time. Okay, and then also remember, in May and June, right, otherwise known as, you know, when things start to heat up or, you know, when you might want to be really gearing up, those are logistically difficult months for families and for people to do stuff, right? There's um, graduations and school mm -hmm. finals 
and you know sports team championships and all sorts of good stuff. Um, and so remember that that time you you have to be basically ready to go by May, or else you're going to be scrambling a little bit uh, to make things happen for the season. Sure. Um, and so I think this I think this time of year is often you know is often skipped over or people maybe put things off um, thinking that it's just January and you have plenty of time. But that's, I mean, there is some time, but we need to use that time wisely. And um, I just kind of thought maybe we could have a little bit of a discussion about that. And Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in terms of the period of time, I mean, if you break it down in sort of raw numbers, I mean, there's a very finite number of weeks, right? Most bands practice once a week. Um, and, you know, you can count on one hand, <laughs> or two hands, you know, how many actual sessions you you have as a band to get yourselves ready for that first outing. And, uh, you know, when you look at it that way, you think, wow, that's not a lot of time together, so we better make the most of it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. What are people out there, we've got 30 people out there, what are you guys, um, what's your practice schedule like, or... You know, what uh, What sort of routine do you guys have going on? While you guys answer that, let me look up for Jim. I think we might kind of have something like that, Jim. I'm going to look that up for you. I think. Let's see. Oops, wrong button. Uh, let's find something like... Yeah. Because, you know, one of the toughest things you have to think about, too, is like you said before, like as soon as you hit December, it's like holiday time. People will kind of write that off. And that's that's a good four, five weeks of practice sessions that really get skipped over only because, you know, people are doing other stuff, with families traveling and whatnot. Say from Thanksgiving on, right, to New Year's, you have like this black period <laughs> where no one does much of anything as a group, you know. So that's a, that's a good handful of practice sessions that you have to sort of rebuild from because you've had that time apart. So Jim, I put up a link for you. You can check out any of those classes for some good stuff. So, okay, band practice every other Wednesday, band practice Monday and Saturday, Doug says. That's interesting. Bill says once a week with two different groups. Um, Jim is thinking about starting a band but has a thousand questions. Jim, feel free to ask any of the big questions, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, weekly for two hours. Now, here's the big thing: is I'd like to, I would like to maybe plant the seed for some of us out there to, you know, think about what does the band actually need to do uh, to reach new heights this year. What action is, do, do we need to do? And I speak from a lot of experience here because um, I was pipe major of a grade one band for a long time, and now I'm involved uh, with the Stuart Highlanders as well. And the big question is, how do we take our resources and mold them into a higher level van, uh, band? The first thing we did was we called up Vin. So Vin's back in the band this year. <laughs> that should help a lot, um, which is pretty cool. Let's see couple more people talking. Um, what do you need to do to actually improve? Then what do you think? I, I have my uh, I have my number one strategy. Number one, so that applies to everybody in all bands? Yes. Like, I have my number one. When it comes to January and almost any time of year, I have one single strategy that I use to improve the band. That's a good one. It works for everybody. Always, there's different. Everybody has a different different needs, but I think as, at the bottom of it, I think you need yeah, you need a strategy to get everybody together at the same time <laughs> on a regular basis. And so I think that if you can achieve that, you that's step one. You know? um, so you're going to pass the malaise, you know, the holiday malaise or whatever that sets in in the fall and carries through into January. You know? Yeah, my big overarching strategy. It's very simple, right? And it goes like this. Individual development 
is my all is almost always my number one strategy for a pipe band at any level. Okay, it always has to do with individual development and how to make each individual better across the board, right? Does everybody agree that if every individual in the pipe band, um, you know, increased their ability across the board, that your band would sound better at the end of the day? Does everybody agree with that? Absolutely. Right? And then the other thing that's true is that as important as it is to get everybody together and play, okay, there's very little you can do at a pipe band practice to actually make people better. Right? There's very little you can do. You can explain some concepts to people, right? You could say, okay, guys, this is how we need to play this. Um, or you could say, well, you know, and then you could rehearse stuff with the drummers to make sure that things integrate, right? But all of those things, okay, take a back seat to the idea that if people can't play well in the band, if there are individuals that don't play well, none of that stuff matters. I think that's one of the areas where a lot of people go wrong. Right. So, uh, for example, some of the folks here are saying we practice twice a week, Tuesday and Saturday. And I remember in the old days, Oren Moore used to practice twice a week, Thursdays and Sundays. But eventually we took a leap of faith and we said, no, let's cut that down to once a week. And really it was once a week, but really there was only maybe two big practices in a month. Right. And the reason why is because. Practicing too often is not really effective, right? And it takes a huge amount of time and resource away from the average player who has to balance their time carefully. Instead, we worked on individual improvement programs that could improve the level of the individual. Jim says you can only be as good as your weakest link. Um, I mean, that's kind of true. And uh, but the biggest thing that's true is until everybody in the band is playing to a level that could win a competition in your grade, right? Until that day comes, you ain't gonna win any competitions. You want everybody to be a, that weakest link, if that makes sense. Which means you want everybody being, you know, working for that level, whatever level you guys are at. And if everybody's the same and everybody's doing that work. There, is no, there are no weakest links, really, because everybody's the same. And you're putting your best effort forward. You know what I mean? It's like it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's a different way of thinking about it. It's not as good as your weakest link. It's about everybody being that link. You know? It's Absolutely. not weakest. It's, it's, just, it's just everybody striving for that, you know, that constant improvement or that individual improvement. And if everybody's doing that, everybody ends up on the same page musically and, you know, sort of. Anyways, you know, it's a group. Yep, every group has uh, links that are weak for a variety of different reasons. One of the problems with pipe bands is, right, think of all of the different things that need to be addressed, right? Like there's, there's blowing steady, there's tuning, there's reeds, there's finger work, there's crossing noises, there's grace notes, there's embellishments, there's making sure everybody's playing the same grace notes and embellishments, then there's breaks, then there's tempos. <laughs> then there's like attendance. I don't know. You could probably name over a hundred different issues because then don't forget about the snare drummers, right? They got flams and they got drags and they got dynamics and they've got drums. Then they've got to buy parts for the drums. Then they got to buy sticks for the drums. Then you got to get everybody uniformed. Then you got the midsection. They have a whole different set of products they have to play. Then you have to integrate all the different sections together and there's a very long list of things to do. I just feel like sometimes we get focused on, like, for example, Bill, what are these issues that you work out? Bill practices every day, he says, um, and then uses the time with his two groups to work out issues. Oh, one cat there. Let's make it an issue himself. <clears throat> the timing, right? 95% of all of the timing that happens uh, can, be, can be worked on on an individual basis. 
right? I mean, there's really just small timing things, like what are the breaks going to be? Keeping it simple is a big thing too, right? Keep, keep those difficult things that require the whole group to be together. Keep those things simple. So don't have any really difficult breaks that require tons of orchestration. Okay, or, you know, don't have 18 layers of harmonies that would require the whole group to get together in order to get this together. Russell says, this may sound mundane, but pipers have to practice every day. If you only get your pipes out at band, then you're doing no one any good, especially well, yourself. Russell, that's what yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> yep, that's definitely what yeah. we're talking about. And um, they have to practice the things that they're bad at every day. That's what, pipe, <laughs> that's what they have to do. It's amazing. It seems obvious, but nobody seems to do this. Right? It's a rampant problem. Pipe bands invest all sorts of money in uh, hiring instructors to come in and then everybody sits around and they're like, wow, this great instructor taught us so much great stuff. And then guess what people do? They go home and on average, they do absolutely nothing. Or what's worse, which is what typically happens too, is after you have the instructor come in and teach you all this great stuff and everybody's like, minds are blown and everyone's excited and enthusiastic. They show up for the next band practice and apply none of this, you know, so it doesn't, it just goes away or something. You just end up doing the same things you've been doing because that's what you're used to um, and that's what you kind of feel comfortable with um, instead of actually breaking out of that and taking that new stuff that blew your mind and really sort of making it work. And that's where the hard work is, right? And that's what you do as a group. Um, so... That's, that's, I think, more typically what happens. <laughs> people go home and do none of it, and then, but as a group, it just was for naught or something. Yeah. So Bill says he uses the expertise of pipe majors to tighten up things and play together. Yeah. I mean, Bill, it sounds like you're, a good, you're one of the good guys. So you're actually practicing every day, which is awesome, and then you go to band practice, and you have stuff that you've worked on and worked to develop, and then... Then you use the pipe majors and the other good pipers around you to work on integrating that into the group. That's exactly what you want to do. That's exactly what we need to try to get everybody to do. Yeah. Russell says, you only get out of piping what you are willing to put in. I sort of agree with that statement. I, it's sort of like practice makes perfect. I, I'm of the opinion that smart practice makes a lot better. Uh, not so much that uh, practice makes perfect, but but yeah, Bill, let's start a worldwide initiative. Everybody be like Bill dot com, <laughs> uh, registered nonprofit. Yeah, I think it's, it's yeah. not the, no one's no one's fault either. I think I think we're all, you know, especially in pipe bands, you know, here in the east, uh, eastern U.S. It's like we're all kind of conditioned to sort of want people to tell us what to do, you know. So we come to come to band practice kind of waiting for instruction, you know. Um, and week after week, we kind of wait for those little pieces of instruction that sort of carry us through to the next week without realizing that we really have to do a lot of work on it. We have to, we have to do all that stuff by ourselves. And it's that that's going to make the band better, period, you know. Um, so, but, so it's not really like, it's just a change of mindset, really. Um, and, and that's and that's I don't even know why that is. I think that's just a sort of a cultural thing that we've developed in the white bank community in the Eastern U.S. It's like it's just this sort of you know we're all no good and we all have to be shown what to do, you know. And uh, so we all learn to sort of sit around and wait, you know, or something. Yeah. Sam says our band does not allow those who practice. I think what he means is who don't practice or show improvement. To perform at paying gigs yeah i think that's a good policy um fred had a question earlier how do you motivate members to practice on their own well what is the chat like why don't why don't people feel motivated i think is an interesting question yeah. too yeah it's, it's a bigger it's a bigger issue too right it's like you know 
comes down to like that, you know, your core sort of core goal or core mission as a group, you know, as a band. What do you what are you um, what are you shooting for? And is everybody gonna be having a good time to do it doing it, you know? Um, so you know, what, what are, what's at the heart that brings people there on a weekly basis to the begin with? You know? Is it just to stand around in a circle <laughs> and chit chat, or is it a, you know, is it to play good music? Is it you know, like what are you guys and girls are like looking to do together? And, you know, it's and, and that tap into that, right? Um, I think at the heart of it, I think for most pipe bands, I think people just want to come together and play good music. So that's there's your motivation, right? Yeah. Absolutely, kind of. I don't think that's good enough motivation to get no, together and play good music. At first start, you know, if you're going to start somewhere, I mean, I think that would be a good place to start. You know. I think you need a common goal. And getting together and playing good music is not a good goal. Not specific enough. For example, some people think that, um, you know, The Clash is great music, which is total BS, right? But if I'm playing in a band with some of these crazy people, right, we don't have something, we don't have a real common goal that we're working towards. They're going for like super sloppy clash, and I'm going for like, you know, something <laughs> good. Oh, yeah. I think it's in terms of finding motivation. I think that's that's the key is like you got to sort of leverage something to begin with, and then from there you sort of pull out, you know, the details. And, yeah. So. I think that's where competition. I think that's where competition works for pi the pipe band community. Is it's something that's tangible that people can sink their teeth into, and they're like, "Yeah, I want to win. I want to beat those guys." Yeah, that's and, the and single thing. There's that definitely stuff to strive for too, right? Because because of competition, we have like a whole host of like things that you know. There's there's levels of play out there that we can all listen to to really get excited about oh yeah I want to play like that you know, I want to sound like that like our band needs to sound like that let's sound like that then you know and that's a good sort of that that's a, as a motivator you know there, there's your sort of there's your spark right and from there it's about you know pulling then working in those details you know finding the common cause and doing the, uh, the hard work of setting the you know working towards those goals you know so, where did you go? <laughs> so, so what? I mean, let's, let's put a question out there to everybody else out there. Like, what what motivates you to improve and work? Because you know? I mean, when you ask the questions like, what? How do we get people motivated? Well, what motivates you? you know? It's not going to be much different, I don't think, for anyone else. Russell says what motivates him is the desire not to be the weakest link. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that works until you're one of the strongest links. Then you start to search for more, which yeah. is good. I think that's fine, right? Like, yeah. like once you start to achieve certain levels, you look to the next level. That's just normal. Right. And you have to keep doing that. You have to keep resetting your goals, right? Um, because, you know, once you hopefully achieve them, then what do you do? You have to set new ones, you know? You keep moving. But um, I think uh, there was a comment up earlier. So this saw the statement of Pipes Drums. I don't, know if, I don't know if Pipes Drums are responsible for it. I've definitely heard this elsewhere. It's like the better, you know, the, the the better you become, the more you enjoy it. It's like, well, yes, as you improve, it becomes a lot more fun to play bagpipes. You know, I think that's that's natural, and that's natural in anything. It's not, it's not just bagpipes. It's like, you know, people play golf because you know, it's that kind of addicting. You know, as I get better, the more fun this is. You know, the more I want to do it. Oh, I freaking hate golf, but I love it. <laughs> I just use it as an example. Um. Neil plays, for, Neil plays for a fire department band. This is a good example. Neil plays for the fire department band, and their main goal is to play for the fallen, right? And that's their main motivation. I mean, that's an interesting goal. I mean, it's very noble, um, but I would throw this out there. Um, how do you expect to get better if that's your goal? 
Uh, that, that's just food for thought. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to judge your goal in any way. But how? What about that goal allows you to really motivate things and actually get better? Okay, and I'm sure you'll answer that for me there. <clears throat> so we'll come back to that. Fred says we've lost members over the years because many wanted to learn new stuff. Others resisted, and newer stuff never made it on the floor. What I'm trying this year is identifying those who. Whoops, I lost it. Identifying those who want to learn new stuff. You guys just play gigs and parades and stuff, and you just want to sort of play new new tune sets. Is that it? You sort of go beyond the uh, typical street sets you guys have been playing. Because there certainly is, you know, if all you're going to do is play the same half a dozen tunes. Bagpipe. Maybe uh, <laughs> there certainly are a lot more than those. That's for sure. There's a difference between um, there's a difference between a purpose and a goal. I think, mm-hmm. right? So Ashby's pointing out for our fallen is also there. I don't think it's your goal, Ashby. I think it's your purpose. And then you are also a competition band. Right. And Fred's trying to get. Get them to play some six eights. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like any musical idiom too. It's like you know you could be a uh, you know a brass band playing Sousa marches all the time, but there are certainly a slew of composers out there, contemporaries with Sousa, who have who have written tons of music that is you know with the well within the idiom, and you could play that too. You know, so it's it's kind of a limited scope, and you get better as a result playing and all that other stuff. So to be a, consider yourself a musician in a brass band, you have to be able to play you know, all this stuff. It's playing common tunes or something like that is not, doesn't even sort of make you a piper unless you're exploring the idiom. Yeah, Neil said it's hard to describe. Uh, this is back, going back to our playing for the fallen thing. I think it is easy to describe, but I think it's your purpose and it's not a good goal for the group, right? It, I mean, that's something, I, for example, like I want to try to think of an example. Um, I want to spread bagpiping knowledge around the world. But that's not a goal, right? That's my purpose. That's why we built the Piper's Dojo is to do this. Uh, my goals have to be more specific or else I'm just going to kind of be floating around in la-la land uh, saying that I, uh, saying that that's what I do, I spread bagpipe knowledge around the world, right? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, think, I think you know, it's, if your purpose, if you're playing for the fallen, and that's as a band is that is your purpose. You know, your goal should be like, I mean, just showing up fulfills the purpose, right? And just making some sort of noise fulfills the purpose, but at the heart of it, you're really performing, right? So that performance and the quality of that performance and all the details that go into that performance then become your goals. You know, how do how do you make that the best it can possibly be? That one time that you're out there playing as group, that's your goal, and then that's going to require work. So, you know, I I think one of the, the the worst things that people say, you know, when they talk about bagpipe bands and the bagpipe band performances, and then you hear this in the band hall, you'll hear this, is that it's like, oh, well, the crowd doesn't know what they're listening to. You know, they don't know what they're hearing. So we can, we don't, it doesn't matter. So in other words, it doesn't matter how we sound. The crowd's not going to care anyway, as long as we're making noise, uh, you know, at this ceremony. And that's just false. The minute you say that, you're, you sort of sounded the first wrong in the death knell, you know. Um, I think, I think it's, I it's just... Yeah, it's, 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 so you have to see, you really are, if your purpose is that, you have a responsibility then to perform the best possible, you know, music you can possibly make. So there's your goal <laughs> right there. Yeah, just discern, yeah, to just show up and talk about your purpose doesn't work, right? So let's, let's, um, let's take this from the abstract. Let's take this. And let's discuss a little bit. Um, let's say we're in the position of Neil, where here's how I would evaluate this. And again, Neil, I'm sorry if we've made you the guinea pig today. Um, 
you can take take or leave this. And uh, but I think it's a great example of where some of our organizations need uh, better goals, right? So Neil Neil's uh, their passion and their purpose is playing for the fallen, right? How can we craft a smart goal? And you see over to the left, I've, it, smart is actually uh, what do you call those things? An acronym. Yeah. An acronym, right? Um, smart goals are an acronym, and I love this. I've been all about this lately in business and in piping, which is let's make goals, but let's make sure they meet these criteria. Specific goals, okay? Something that's measurable, something that you feel like is actually attainable. Making sure it's relevant, right? So if we're going to make a goal, if I'm in Neil's group, it has to be relevant to, you know, fallen uh, servicemen and women, right? So, you know, so it's not going to be, it's not going to be, it might not be going to win the World Pipe Band Championships or going to play at the Edinburgh Tattoo. That might not really be relevant to our purpose, okay? And then it has to be, here's the big thing for me is time-based. You've got to man up, for lack of a less sexist term, you've got to man up and say, by this date, I'm going to make this happen, right? So, for example, in our band, in our band, and Vin, you know what I mean. In our band, our smart goal is uh, we want to place in the top 10 at the World Pipe Band Championships in grade one, right? <clears throat> so that's specific, right? We want to be in the top 10. We might not make that goal, right? If the judges don't like us, they don't like us. But we're going to do whatever we can, right, to make that specific goal. It's measurable, right? Like if we're in the top 10, we've achieved the goal. If we're not, we haven't. And we also know how far away we are from our goal, okay? Mm -hmm. It's attainable. We definitely know we have the ability to be in the top yeah. 10 based I would, on... I, I, in my acronym, actually, instead of attainable, I have actionable. It's usually A for the acronym. So attainable versus slash actionable means you have to be able to actually act on them. So attainable is the same. means kind of the same thing. Right? Sort of the same. I like them. actionable, though. You know, you actually can do things that will move you toward the goal. Yeah. Um, yep, exactly. It has to be relevant. So, if, you know, it has to be relevant. And then why don't we put in brackets relevant to our uh, purpose or passion? Okay. Or mission. Um, so for, uh, for our band, right, our Stuart Highlanders is a competitive pipe band. And really, I mean, our purpose um, at this point at the, as the top band in our organization is to push the envelope of the top of com uh, competition. That's really the purpose of our group. So obviously winning, winning the Worlds or be, being top ten at the Worlds is, you know, a very good goal. And then time-based. The cool thing about the Worlds is we know exactly what day it's happening and exactly when we need to be prepared by, right? So that makes it really easy for us to set a goal. See what I mean? So Jens says, so you need to state the purpose before the goal. Absolutely. You do. You have to know what you're about. That's one area where I think Neil's got it going on 100%, and Ashby as well. Right? And one, one, of, the, one of the traps that is easy to fall in in this, too, if you're not careful, so you, even if you're following this template, right, you need to follow the acronym, it's easy to fall to create goals and pieces of those goals in the SMART acronym that really don't, are not specific enough, right? And they're not. They're too broad, maybe, or they're too big. And as a result, you need to create sub-goals. Each one of them has to have a piece that follows this, this model, right? So you say, oh, yeah, we want to go to the world and we want to finish in the top ten. But that requires a whole host of sub-goals that also fall in this format. That have to be, you know, so, and so it's, it's like a constant process. Um, so it's, it's easy to become, like, sort of too, too sort of misty-eyed sort of performing this, using this acronym, but you really do have to get specific and even more specific and break it down even further. So every goal you have can be broken down into smaller, more specific chunks, each with its own little smart process, you know. So guys, um, or folks out there, not just guys, but uh, help us, um, what would be a good smart goal for a group like Neil's that, um, you know, wants to wants to uh, play for the fallen but needs something that's specific measurable actionable relevant and time-based 
Like Ashby, t- correct me if I'm wrong. Like I think, I think your group probably got into competing so that they could, um, so that they could play performances at a higher level. And competing gives them the, these smart objectives. I think that's why so many bands ultimately compete a little bit. Yeah. Bring in someone for a workshop. That's a perfect example of not a good goal. <laughs> now, I mean, that could be um, that could be a very specific uh, part, it's or definitely an, action, an actionable component of the whole process, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, like a way to transform that into a good goal, Kevin, would be, you know, and by good, I just mean something that's really purposeful. You could say, you know, I our goal is to bring someone in for a workshop, and um, for them to say that we are playing at a certain level, like grade five competition level. Or um, what, what, prepare... what it really is, is about seeking instruction for that area that might be weakest among the group. Right? So, so maybe, maybe you all need more instruction on how to set up good bagpipes. You know, so you bring in somebody that can actually teach you those things so you can then do them on your own. And that's an actionable piece, right? with a specific objective, <laughs> you know, so it, has, it has, oh, we want to learn this, so we can't teach it ourselves, so we're going to find somebody to give, give us that knowledge. Yeah. So, uh, and again, Jens say, says, how about playing at a specific memorial event? Well, does that fulfill these, right? Like specific, I guess we're going to play. How do you measure that? How do you measure the success of that? Um, actionable. How do you take action on that? I mean, you could just show up and play that today. I guess it's relevant, and I guess it's time-based. Well, Ashby says, you know, it's like you have to be able to play the funeral set, and how you would measure that. Well, you certainly can measure that, right? If you have to play certain certain kinds of tunes, you know, you have a set of tunes that you're playing, um, that, that right there, you know, is your goal, right? If, if there are people who don't know those things, then that becomes one of your goals. You know, everybody has to play these tunes, and everybody has to learn them together, or play them together. So you're going to have to, that's a specific goal. You have to learn this tune. It's measurable because when you're done doing that, you can actually hear the results. And it's actionable because then you can actually act on that, learning, those, learning that, that music. And it's relevant, right? It's relevant to the purpose of the group. It's uh, you're going to be playing these memorial services. You have to learn. You have to play these tunes specifically, and it's time-based because obviously there's going to be a moment where you're going to need to play them. You know, maybe there's a gig scheduled for the future, or there's you know for these kinds of things. Maybe these memorial services happen at random, so you have to be ready to go. So that's 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 already sort of a, a floating deadline that you have to abide by. Uh, so that, that's a, that's an absolutely perfect template right there um, you know so and it's and, and it's all it fills the the, uh, the model the smart model and then once that's over then you go on to the next step right so as a group you can you can easily and either use that as the next level of the smart goal using those tunes to then say achieve another goal or maybe you have you can use that same model for other tunes right another set or something like that yeah, Martin. Martin says um, purposes and goals are different things. Our main purpose is to honor our fallen, and the goal is to bolster morale and camaraderie through duty, honor, and tradition. I don't see how that's a goal, Martin. I mean, it kind that's, of is. That's a byproduct of your purpose, really. Yeah. It's a byproduct of your purpose, and it would be a byproduct of satisfying a certain goal. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 easy, it's easy to lose sight of this. I mean, what we're talking about, you know, we're talking about pipe bands. Pipe bands are a musical group. So the goals of your group, as a group, are going to fall within that kind of that kind of sphere, right? You're a musical group. So what are the things a musical group needs to do <laughs> to fulfill its purpose? You know, 
Um, so at the heart of it, you need to play good bagpipes together at your functions, whatever it is that you're playing, especially if it's to um, honor the fallen, right? That's, again, it's that responsibility. Now you have a responsibility as a musical group to not muck it up, <laughs> you know, and to sound, you know, like you're worthy of that responsibility at the heart of it. So what are you going to do about that? You know, there's, your, there's your template to the left, right? Left. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, now, if you could, okay, if your goal is to bolster morale and camaraderie, I think that's a that's a good thing, but it needs to be, how do you define morale? And then how do you measure whether or not you've succeeded at the goal? Like, mm -hmm. like just, is it just people saying, hey, I have so much morale and camaraderie right now? Um, is there a way is there a way to measure that there has to be or else that's not an actionable plan for your group and then Fred says depending on who the fallen are learning songs appropriate for that branch um, again those are good things to do um, make sure you have a method of measuring mm -hmm. whether or not you've actually succeeded that yeah. Like, like with any kind of performance, I mean, the, the measurable aspects of that performance are, is the performance itself. Right? So when, if you, you know, you, you're learning appropriate songs for the branch and you want to you know, play harmonies and things like that and some of these things to put on a very pleasing performance, your, you know, it's, your measure is right there. So can you do that? You know, if you can't do that, then, that, then the goals need work, more work toward that. Um, so that's the, ultimately, that's what you need to be doing. Um, and that, so that's, you know, there, there's, there's your end result. And so once it's achieved, then you just work toward more of them. You know? So Ashby's going back to how do you measure if someone plays the basic repertoire well enough? Okay. I think that's, that's a great question. And I could offer you a definite solution there. So, you know, everyone needs to um, perform perhaps for the pipe major and fulfill a certain minimum requirement. Like they have to be able to tune their drones um, to a designated level. They need to play all the embellishments correctly. They need to play with good rhythm, you know, similar to what we've done at the dojo before and have a sort of test. And then you could say, you know, to have all, to have all the pipers performing. Hey. <laughs> and then uh, have all the pipers performing and then uh, at that standard, but everyone who's in the group has gone through that. I think that's a great thing to do and very, very measurable. Rob says, I think learning new tunes will help improve bands, whether they be honor bands or competition bands. You look at competition bands, they're always learning new music and challenging themselves. Not always. I think that's true of successful competition bands. The problems with honor bands is that they may become complacent when not learning new tunes. New tunes disrupt the complacency and challenge the individual piper. Motor memory is out the door. Learning new tunes will also provide a naturally smart goal. New tunes also keep the repertoire from getting stuck. I, I would, I would I kind of agree, but I also... Yeah, I agree. I agree that I only kind of agree. Learning tunes, learning tunes is pointless unless the tune is being learned uh, with good fundamentals being reinforced. And, and I would disagree that, that somehow playing the same tunes over and over again can't sort of become goals in themselves. Right? Like just because you're playing the same tunes all the time and that's what everyone's comfortable with, that's even more of an opportunity to get it sounding really good. <laughs> you know, and, and applying some actual smart goals to becoming the best performing band you can possibly be as a group. So I think I think that provides a, a real a real opportunity for the band. It, you, you know, even though it might not be as fun to learn, you know, because you're not learning new tunes. Uh, but at the same time, if you all can play the tunes you all know together really well, and put on some really good performances in the process, that's fun too. Yeah, I think a good uh, here's a good one, and this could work for any band. Uh, I remember we did this in my first pipe band, um, the Mohawk Valley Frasers. Is we had uh, auditions. They were blind auditions, right? So we actually um, we would actually play, and the people listening, judging the auditions, were top mm -hmm. players in the band that sat behind a curtain and listened to the auditions. And then, based on those blind auditions, 
um, you would be allowed to play in different parts of the band, like whether or not you're in the grade three band this year or whether or not you're in the grade four band this year and stuff like that. Um, and so they're blind, so they're, they should be pretty fair. And then you agree on a certain set of standards that need to be achieved, and then either you pass the audition or you don't. And I think that would be a really good thing to do, um, regardless of what level you're at, just to sort of start to um, start to uh, increase the uh, quality of the band and to encourage people to play on their own. Notice that auditions can be very smart goals, right? An audition is specific. Here's exactly what you'll need to perform for the audition and exactly what standard you need to be at. And that sort of ties into measurable, right? It's like your drones have to be well-tuned. You have to play with good timing. Um, all the grace notes and notes have to be played correctly, um, so on and so forth. It needs to be within this tempo range, right? It's actionable, right? Anybody who wants to play in the band has to do the audition. And if you want to be able to field a band, your organization will have to help people pass their audition, right? It's relevant to the purpose of the group because you are, um, because you want to perform really beautiful music uh, for the fallen, let's say. So it's very relevant to make sure everyone's playing to a good standard. And then, of course, it's time-based. Auditions are March uh, 15th at 7 p.m., and that's when they are. And if you don't pass your audition, the next one is not until April 15th, right? And so they're time-based. And then you can say, our first gig is May 1st, so our goal is for everyone to have passed the audition uh, by May 1st. Auditions are a great idea. And you can do it in a non-confrontational, mean way by making it a blind audition. And there's, there's ways to tweak that process, too, that, that sort of format as well, that depending on your, the inclinations of your group. You know, really all this is, is about is uh, giving people something to shoot for, right? You know, if you're, if you're sort of working on certain kinds of music, then maybe that's, you know, you roll that into your audition or, you know, there's just ways to sort of spice it up a little bit. Yep. You know, make <laughs> Absolutely. It that's, you know get resistance from the group about it. But, you know, the point really is, is doing something a little bit different, you know, that, that maybe takes people outside of their comfort zones. And you say, as a band's become complacent, you have to play the same stuff all over the time, all the time. And, you know, that, that's the case for anything you do. You know, any, any of us, you know, you, you do one thing over all the time, constantly, you get bored with it and you get complacent and lazy and, no, you do, you do need to shake things up every now yeah. yeah, I'll throw a challenge out there. I'll throw a challenge out there, right? And this is, I'm just playing devil's advocate. But my goal is to play for our fallen, right? Well, can't I, you know, I, can't I just not even know how to play bagpipes and just go out there and blow and squeeze into a bag um, and just make noise? Um, and say that I fulfilled that goal to play for our following. Because that, like, I think that fulfills the goal, right? I mean, uh, I went out there, I, I took a bagpipe, I made a bunch of noise on it, um, and I played, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that fulfills the goal of playing for our following. I mean, again, I'm playing a devil's advocate. I would never actually do that, of course. Lee says something interesting, which is, sadly, too many people do that. It's kind of, sort of an interesting comment. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you have to flip on the TV and watch you know, various funerals from the country just to verify something like that. Um, yeah, so, um, so that's Devil's Advocate. I'd like to hear um, folks' response to that. But meanwhile, Brian says, Are, am I making everyone audition every year? Um, to be honest, right, I, we don't do auditions anymore for the grade one band. Um, we just invite those who are, we know are capable, which I think is maybe kind of what you're getting at, Brian. But blind auditions are good, especially if you have a group. And I know, Brian, your group, right, there's a threshold there. And some people are working their way up towards the level of the next band. So, you know, you could say, you know, um, 
you could offer blind auditions to anyone who's not already selected to play in the top band and offer them a chance to play um, and meet a certain standard. Um, you know, that could be a good way. Brian, Brian I'm curious, Brian, is, is that when you say you, you, you hold auditions for each band, why, how do you know who's planning and ready to play if it's a blind audition? Or do you not do blind auditions, just have people come out and play? This blind audition is just, you know, no one, people who are doing the evaluating don't, do not see who's playing. Don't see who's ready to play, don't know the order, who's coming on to play. It, it, that's the whole definition of blind. <laughs> you know, you don't know what's going on. No. Okay, so going back to my devil's advocate. Neil says, there are those in fire service pipe bands that do that, but the majority are professional and practice regularly. Yeah, but what do they practice? For example, let, let's say I practice regularly. Let's say I even behave professionally. But really, all I do when I show up is just blow into the instrument um, in a way that doesn't sound very good, right? All I'm saying is, if we don't have more specific, measurable goals, right? We don't have a way to move forward. And uh, on the assumption honoring the fallen is my purpose, right? How do I know I'm honoring the fallen to my actual best abilities? Or don't I want to honor the fallen a little bit better each time I do it? How do I set goals to make sure that's the case? For example, um, if I were to play um, at a uh, at a graveside, right? If I were to play, and then uh, at a different graveside, right? If, I, I'm, I'm thinking of an example, let's say Jack Lee or Willie McCallum were to play, right? Isn't it likely that Jack Lee and Willie would be able to do even more honor than I would due to um, the degree to which they play really, really well? And so, you know, and then wouldn't it be true that I would want to set goals uh, to try to reach that level so I can honor the fallen to that level. Because these, these are just kind of vague concepts, right? Like how do you know, you know, it's not, that's one of the reasons why it's more of the purpose of the band and not the goal, because you can't measure it really. You know, if you played any less than so a competent, you know, polished performance, then you would not really your purpose really sort of lived up to the responsibility and I would say really you know at the heart of it a band whose you know its purpose it considers its purpose to play these kinds of functions and learns the, the material the repertoire necessary to do it is already ahead of the game you know that's already an advantage that you have over you know a lot of pretty much all pipe bands and individual pipers I mean I know I couldn't play at some of these events because I don't have the repertoire um, you know, so already you're, you're at, a, at an advantage, so you take that advantage and make it work for you and your group, you know, and then set goals that actually, you know, take that material and, and make it really special you know, the times you play it. Right, and I don't think the issue is, I'm not trying to make the issue about people who sound bad at funerals. <laughs> That's not the issue, right? The issue is, just how great can you sound, right? That's the real issue, is how do you make sure that you are sounding as great as you can, you know, as you can reasonably expect to sound? That's the million dollar question. And we're not gonna get there by just saying, well, I show up every week and... Yeah, yeah and, and Fred, this is, this is kind of what, what we started the whole show talking about too. It's not the pipe maker's responsibility, really, even though it's their responsibility to make sure everybody in the band knows what they need to know. It's not the pipe maker's responsibility to teach it to anybody who doesn't know it. That's your responsibility to go out and improve yourself the way you need to be improved <laughs> in order to come to practice with the necessary skills and, and knowledge. Um, and that's and that's kind of where we started this. You know, it's like everybody everybody's working individually, you know, to improve and applying smart goals in the process. Um, there's no reason why you would ever be cut loose from anything. Where you show up, you know what you need to know. You've done your work, and you're a contributing member. <laughs> it's that simple. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I think that the pipe major, you know, um, at least in the past when I've been a pipe major, I was elected, right? I was elected to, you know, to motivate and to structure goals for people to make sure they had the information that they needed. But you're absolutely right. I mean, um, yeah. beyond that, right, it's every individual's responsibility to make sure that they go to practice having done everything reasonably in their power uh, to improve from the last time they were at practice and improve in such a way that helps the band move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, there's, there's definitely shades of gray in all of us. Like, you know, if the pipe major has a wealth of knowledge, then it, it, it behooves him or her to pass that along um, and, and do what, you know, he or she needs to do to, to make the band better. Um, you know, that's, that's all part of the whole package of being a pipe major. But, um, but then again, you know, you can just as easily point people in the right direction too. And, and, and expect them to do the work, you know. And you don't necessarily need to like constantly teach people. To so. Nice. See, good. I have a feeling most of us here are are the good guys that actually practice hard. Victor says he actually records band practice so he can practice until the next time the band meets. That's that is good stuff. I don't even do that. <laughs> So I think uh, I think most of us are the good guys, and not, and I would just challenge everybody to um, to break out something that's a little bit aggressive, a little bit out of the ordinary, and that's very smart uh, based on this acronym here: specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, and time-based. Absolutely. What are those things? And then, like you said, Vin. Um, there might be smart goals for the band, and then you might develop your own individual goals, or there might be goals. There might be goals for subsets of the band, like we need to raise fifty thousand dollars this year. Would yeah, be a it's goal. Not, it's not exclusive. Of, Definitely not. Like you know, any one time you could have you know half a dozen smart goals <laughs> going all at once. You know, it's it's never a, a single thing, one at a time. Great. Well, let's uh, call it in there today. Thank you guys for the cool discussion. And uh, just things to think about, right? I think being specific, getting down to business, is what is going to help your band actually you know, make that noticeable improvement. So we don't want to get to the end of the year and say, well, it was just another year. Yay. My, my camaraderie and uh, what was some of the other ones? My camaraderie and... Morale. My morale is yeah, great. Yeah, camaraderie and morale is perfectly, perfectly normal this year, right? We don't want to come away saying that. We want to be able to say, man, <clears throat> what a great uh, musical product we had this year. And boy, I've just, I don't, I've never felt more attached to my fellow band members, and I've never felt better about playing. Right? We want everybody to come away saying that. How do we make specific a specific actionable plan that will actually get that done? So there you go. Hot and heavy, but it looks like people had it's good time. Discussion to kick everyone's into the weekends. Yeah. Siri says Siri's like the she's she's become very um, rigid and firm in her old age. She said she says buy into the vision or go on sabbatical. <laughs> Is that just a version of go big or go home? Is that it? Something like that. <laughs> All right, that'll do it. We'll see everybody later on. Have a good day, everyone.